Hello and welcome to Manifesting the Neville Way. I'm Mara Braziel and this content focuses on the basics of Law of Assumption as defined and taught to the world by Neville Goddard. I'm your mindset coach in this creative space and I invite you to subscribe and remain connected with how to effectively manifest your desires. Like many of you who are tuning in today, I was in a place where I was very, I don't want to say desperate, but that's kind of how I felt, desperate for answers as it related to something specific in my life. And I remembered Law of Attraction for many years ago, and so there I was on the hunt to connect with more content for Law of Attraction. And I came into contact with Law of Assumption through the teachings of Neville Goddard. And it felt like my brain cells multiplied many times over. I felt like it was the thing that had been missing from all of my studying and all of my discoveries. And I was just so grateful to know that there was something that helped to connect what I had already been learning in the Bible with something that I was connecting with on the more ethereal level, thinking that's the way I wanna say that, uh, similarly to Law of Attraction. And Law of Assumption asserts that imagination creates reality. And that really spoke to my soul because I remember growing up and having this huge imagination. And I think most of us, like a hundred percent of us, were the same in our childhoods as well and beyond. I'm still in that mode to some degree, not as passionate about it as I was as a kid, but certainly having a good time with it, especially now. So what is this law of assumption? Imagination creates reality. Well, it feels like I've been doing that my whole life, but not necessarily getting the results I wanted for things that I wanted. So why does this speak to me now? What about it now means that it will work for me? Well, I realize that there is a way in which it all comes together. And it all begins with the I am. In Exodus, when Moses asked God, what shall I say to the people that you are sending me to? Who shall I say sent me? God answered him, tell them the I am sent you. That is my name forevermore, basically, for all of time. I am to be called I am. And that is the foundation of God who lives within each of us. Science also has theories and experiments like the quantum physics land that asserts through different experiments that consciousness is the only reality that god is the observer through us of this 3d landscape the five sensory world that we live in but there is also a four-dimensional 4d world that we live live in as well that is not made of a physical substance like the things that our five senses can detect well i feel this to be true because when i am in a sleep state and i do not have consciousness of this five sensory world I know that I still have feelings associated and when I say feelings, I mean literally sensory feelings as well as emotional feelings connected to that four dimensional space that I am 3D detached from. And so what does this necessarily tell me? 
Well, it says that I am not the body that I live in. The body that I live in is a conduit. It's a vessel for the intelligence that resides outside of me. This I can believe. You cannot crack a brain open and see the information that it absorbed and processed for all the years that that being existed. But you know that we are vessels for information to tell, to uh, be transferred through. I liken it to Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, they're invisible frequencies and signals that exist in, well, around us. I'm not quite sure about the in us part yet. <laughs> More to come, I'm sure, in science. However, the router that you have in your home for Wi-Fi, the phone that you're using, phone that you're listening to this on, perhaps, is the central routing system for that invisible frequency and those signals that are passing through it. So we know that that's how we can liken the world of the 4D and how it connects to the world of the 3D. Now, what Neville teaches us is so important. Consciousness is the only reality. What it is that is in your thoughts then can become part of your belief system. And that belief system is what is projected out into the landscape of your reality here in the 3D realm. So whatever I dominantly think about and accept to be true gets passed on or impressed to the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind has the beautiful job of just executing without question. It's like a copy machine if you were to think of it. If you place a piece of paper on the glass and press copy, the copy machine doesn't stop to ask you if it's the correct content or if you included the right people in the information that you're actually copying. That's not part of the equation. It simply produces. And that's the job of the sub subconscious. It's to outpicture and prove to you that what you believe to be true, what the conscious has impressed upon it, is to be real or to be made tangible in your 3D world. Those things that we dominantly think and believe put us into a state of being. A state of being is a bit different from emotion. You can feel a certain way about a thing, but you can still exist in a certain state of being. So you, as the person that you currently identify as, and the activities in your life give you a clue about who you believe yourself to be and what state of being you're currently in. We live in a blank state of energy and nothing is solidified. Everything can be repositioned according to your beliefs. The Bible supports this as well with according to your faith, be it unto you. Your faith being connected with your beliefs. That's where the magic happens. You are the ultimate I am. From you, the theory of everyone as you pushed out is made evident. Every face you see, every experience that you have, every situation you encounter is a particle of you pushed out into the world to reflect to you who you believe yourself to be. The world will never disappoint your beliefs. That's what I'm understanding over the years. I used to have this feeling that whatever I said or thought, somehow it would be the opposite. 
because that's essentially what I believe to be true. I had a couple of experiences earlier in my adulthood or childhood, it probably started there, that led me to believe that that was my truth. When in fact, it only became my truth because I believed it to be so. And the more evidence that I received of that, the more I began to buy into the fact that that was my truth. When in fact, I could have certainly turned the wheel backwards and asserted something else and that would have been my truth. So you see the flexibility of the quote unquote reality that we live in, again, is very elastic. There's a difference between fact and truth. So facts show up in your physical world, your five sensory world, as those things that validate what you believe to be your truth. It's currently what is taking place. But the truth of the situation lives within your four dimensional world where you are in this internal command center. This is where you form and process and impress the beliefs that are then out pictured through the subconscious. There's another layer, the superconscious. It is exponential intelligence. It's that network of superior information in and across time that then dictates the information that the subconscious has access to. When we hear in the Bible, God say, I have ways that ye know not. This is the superconscious, again, feeding the subconscious, God within you, with all that is necessary. Everything in time is finished. Everything in our world and our existence is complete. So we're not necessarily quote unquote creating it as much as we are manifesting it, lifting it from a 3D landscape, or I should say, impressing it into the 3D landscape, stamping it there from the 4D desire. I hope that makes sense. And how is it that we form beliefs? What do we accept to be true? Why do we accept certain things to be true? It's purely founded in self-concept. The I am, who do you believe yourself to be? How did you come to that conclusion? What drove you to make certain decisions? Because the state that you currently exist in, the I am state, is formless in your 4D. You actually define and impress it in your 3D, but that too is subject to change based on your beliefs. Isn't this beautiful to know? I know I've felt in my world that, well, I've just come to a point where at this age, and I won't necessarily state what age I am, but I've heard it from elders that when you become of a certain age, you're just set in your ways, that that's just how you are, people don't change, and that is such misinformation. It's what we were led to believe. Just like we were led to believe that God was an inanimate substance that was existing outside of us. And law of assumption really helps to pull this in and understand that the Christ within us that the Bible speaks of is the I am God within us acting through the subconscious, which is connected with or is one with our human imagination. Your self-concept, who you state, believe and live to be is a decision that you make each moment of the day. It's by choice. 
you can stop at this very moment existing as the being that you are in 3D and choose to shift into a different state. Well, that might sound crazy to some people. How does that even happen? You know, is this some magic spell or something really dark that we're subscribing to? And that's absolutely a no. What we're ascribing to is the fact that we are core to the power that creates the experience that we live in in this life. What Neville teaches us is that a fact though not necessarily evident in the 3D, if persisted in, will become solid in your reality. So there we go, a thought, if not necessarily evident in your 3D, if you persisted it, it will harden into a fact. That's interesting. And what if you accept as fact has nothing to do with the people around you if we're remembering that again, everything and everyone is a form of you pushed out into the landscape of your world, then it's understandable why you feel innately something familiar about each person that you see because we are all connected. Each state of being that we exist in is prepackaged with its own set of beliefs and experiences. So like the Bible says, there's no need to add to the word of God nor take away from it. I love the way Neville captures that as well. When he says, adding to the word of God is similar to getting caught up in the messy middle of the thing that you desire to be outpictured. Your job is simply to establish through your belief and your visualization of it, impressing it onto the subconscious, the end state of what you desire and living in the end as if the wish had already been fulfilled is the only job. Trying to force anything to happen in the middle versus allowing it to happen is an attempt to add to the word of God. And that everything that you desire is God speaking to man. And that to take away from your desire is to take away from the word of God. And that second part is what most of us have typically done. We've dreamed really big. We've believed really big for a little bit in our time. And when it didn't quickly finish up in the microwave, we got discouraged. We began to lack faith. We began to feel doubtful, which made us then feel like those methods don't work. We're crazy for believing it. It isn't possible for us when that could not have been further from the truth. So then we begin to amend our desires. We begin to thin it down to what we believed was possible for us, for what we believed we were capable of bearing truth to. That is essentially taking away from the word of God. I'll read now from Feeling is the Secret, which is the chapter on prayer, where Neville talks about what prayer is he says that prayer is the art of assuming the feeling of being and having that which you want. Prayer is the art of yielding to the wish and not the forcing of the wish. Prayer is not so much what you ask for as how you prepare for its reception. Whatsoever things ye desire when ye pray, believe that you have received them and ye shall have them. The only condition required is that you believe that your prayers are already realized. The moment you accept the wish as an accomplished fact, the subconscious finds means for its realization. 
To pray successfully then, you must yield to the wish, that is, feel the wish fulfilled. Man knows that consciousness is the one and only reality and that ideas and feelings are facts of consciousness and are as real as objects in space. Therefore, he never entertains a feeling which does not contribute to his happiness for feelings are the causes of the actions and circumstances of his life. Now, I skipped around just a bit in that chapter to pull that all together in a way that I hope that you understand because it certainly helped me understand it. When I would pray, I had a different way of coming to the Lord. It was more so from the state of being a beggar, pleading with God to bless me with something that I did not feel I was worthy of. I didn't feel I was worthy of even being in the presence of the Lord because really, you know, being in church, I had been taught that, that we are not worthy to be in the presence of the Lord, which contradicted the fact that we're supposed to love the Lord and a lot of other things that I obviously can't really put in this particular episode, but maybe it'll come up in future uh, episodes. And in this moment of begging God for what it is I desired and did not feel worthy of, that somehow he would see my good deeds in life and that I would be blessed with something that I did not feel I was worthy of receiving. (laughs) So do you see where that feels a bit backwards? And I was just to wait on God I did not know quite what I was waiting for, but I knew that I was to wait on the Lord. What I, what I learned in this section of Neville's work is how to identify prayer, what it is composed of, and along with everything we talked about earlier in this segment, is to help bring us into an understanding of us being the, well, each of us individually, being the operant power in our reality that God is one with us so we are the center of power we are the ultimate authority with God in our world everything is finished under the sun which means there's nothing that we cannot have if you can believe it if you can bring it into your consciousness it is in existence and it's simply waiting for you to erect it into a state of uh, feeling, a feeling state within your 3D. No longer did I need to beg for something that I knew I already am in possession of. There's a process to it. Again, accepting that you are one with God in your reality. Accepting that every condition and every state that you ever experience or assume is according to your beliefs. According to your beliefs, be it unto you. What I dominantly think, what I accept as my belief, what I condition my value system to uh, be in expectation of is what is impressed onto the subconscious, which is then impressed into my world, outpictured into my world. And that is the loop of prayer, being grateful also for the thing that I am in receipt of, as if it has already been experienced. Feeling the wish fulfilled. To pray successfully, then you must yield to the wish. That is, feel the wish fulfilled. That is prayer. Being in the state of the wish fulfilled. Regardless of what you see along the way between your desire and the actual experiencing of it in the 3D, it's all considered the bridge of incident. And more on that in a later episode. But basically what we're saying is, Effective prayer, feeling the wish fulfilled, 
And then keeping a mental diet, a state of mind that aligns with your beliefs is considered the mental diet. And knowing, having faith that it is done and that it will then be fulfilled in the 3D is the process of prayer. It's just like planting a seed. That seed is already prepackaged with everything it needs to become. It is also entombed. It's in a dark place underground where it communicates with the intelligence of the earth to become what it is already predestined to become. So with this newer understanding, I do believe now, like the Bible says, that I have all power in my hands. I believe that the way that Neville described and broke down the scriptures in the Bible really helped me to connect with what I had already been learning in a way that does give me power and understanding of how it's to be decoded versus still feeling the sense that I'm somehow detached and unworthy of being in the presence of the one who created me, the one who loved me, the one who loved me so much that he gave his only begotten son, the Christ within us, so that we shall be the ones who have all power. I will end this segment here and we will certainly dig more into other things that we've discussed. But I certainly hope this gives a little bit of an understanding of first how I came into contact with Law of Assumption because I believe there are others out here that also have a story similar to mine. What Law of Assumption is in a nutshell and what your power is and the position of all those who are in our worlds. Well, I intend you found something here that adds value to your life. Thank you for tuning in, subscribing, liking, sharing, and commenting. For those of you who want more guidance in particular areas of your life, please follow the link below to my website, theloarx.com, where you can book a session with me to help shift you into the state where your desires are waiting for you.